Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping moms ditch perfection and find peace through planning. This is episode 55, Mindset Shifts to Help You Cook Even When You Don't Want To. This episode is a very special episode with an incredible guest, Rebecca Mudrick of Shift for Health. Shift for Health is a company run by both Rebecca and her business partner, Sarah Mahaffey. Rebecca is a health geek turned health coach who lives in Columbus, Ohio. She's a busy mom of four boys, so she gets what that's like. She is also a yoga teacher and an advocate for sustainable health goals that are rooted in moderation instead of extremes. She loves helping her clients tackle issues that are holding them back and empowers them to make forward progress in smart and doable ways. But most of all, She loves helping her clients see how they can shift their mindset to shape their lives in extraordinary ways, which is exactly what Rebecca is going to help you do in this episode today. And stick around because we have an exciting announcement slash collaboration to announce at the end of this episode that you'll definitely want to hear. So with that, let's welcome Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I think you've got a lot of valuable information that will really serve my audience of moms who are trying to make, you know, lifestyle changes or any positive changes to help them be better moms and better members of their family. So can you just tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do as your business? Yeah. So I feel like I've actually worn a lot of hats since graduating from college 20 years ago. Uh, But most recently, I am a certified yoga teacher and a health coach. Uh, I run a health coaching business, which you mentioned earlier, called Shift for Health with my friend and fellow coach, Sarah. And we do one-on-one and group coaching, as well as run programming to help people lose weight, support their bodies through chronic stress or disease, or just more easily implement healthy habits. So we kind of do a lot of different things within the realm of health and wellness. I love that. So fun. So I want to, I just want to do a little plug for uh, Rebecca and Sarah and Shift for Health and say that I'm actually really, really picky about who I support in the health field. And I think Rebecca would agree. There's just a lot of either misinformation out there or information that, you know, just makes us feel guilty or adds to that level of stress. And that is not what Sarah and Rebecca do. They are here to teach you mindful ways to make changes without guilt and shame. So I'm really excited to have her. And she's definitely, they both are definitely coaches to watch and to trust because they are well aware of what it's like to be moms and to also make changes in their life. So anyway, so thanks so much for that intro. Can you tell me a little bit about what motivated you as you started on this health coaching journey to start your business and specifically to help individuals with these sustainable health and lifestyle changes? Yeah. So several years ago, Sarah and I were acquaintances, but not like really close friends yet. Uh, But we had just casually been talking about wanting to work towards some health goals. And so we just decided on the spot to team up as accountability buddies. And we started checking in with each other daily over text or through phone calls. And it turned out to be a partnership that worked really, really well for the both of us. And after several months of working together this way, 
we started having friends and family ask if we would be willing to coach them as well. So we just decided to go for it. And we enrolled in health coaching certification programs, which took us each about eight months to graduate from and launched our business, Shift for Health. But interestingly, both of us had actually had pretty significant health issues Um, In our 20s, Sarah was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. I also um, was diagnosed with hypoglycemia. And both of us made lifestyle and diet changes as a result of those diagnoses that impacted our lives in really, really positive, profound ways. So we were excited about the idea of helping people make similar changes in their own lives. And then we, you know got this health coach training that gave us additional tools for empowering people to take care of themselves so they can have the energy and the overall health to live the life that they envision for themselves is really what it comes down to. Um, We also feel this sort of mission and sense of responsibility to be voices of reason in an industry that really is full of extremes. There are a lot of voices out there who really advocate this idea of like extreme change um, and this is kind of like all or nothing approach that just can, you know, can lead to cycles of deprivation and binging or feelings of guilt or shame. So we feel a really strong um, desire to share a, an alternative to health and wellness. I love that. And I love that it's that it's health and wellness approach that it's to feel better. Yeah. That's that's kind of your mission. Exactly. So I love that. I love your mission. So um one of the things that a lot of moms in particular struggle with, and one thing that I cover a lot on the podcast is, you know, just making meals at home and making that actually happen. So what do you think is the number one problem? facing individuals, facing moms when it comes to making healthy meals at home? So I think there are actually a number of things going on there that makes cooking healthy meals at home seem really daunting. For sure, time and brain space are huge issues. It takes both time and brain space to meal plan, grocery shop, cook and clean up. And our brains are typically just so overloaded with all the details of our work obligations and keeping our households running that sometimes cooking at home just seems like the straw that's going to break the camel's back. And then also, I think there's a third big thing that happens. And that is, in order for a habit to stick, to not become something that you're trying to implement, but to be just something that you do, it has to be pleasurable. It has to be, There has to be something that you get out of it, something that you gain. And after going through all the time and effort of meal planning and grocery shopping and cooking, you know, if we put this meal out on the table that we have really sacrificed to make, especially when we're tired, and then our kids complain about it, uh, that's a lot of uh, negative reinforcement that we get, you know, for sure. (laughs) So, so I don't know that there's necessarily one problem facing or one main problem facing individuals when it comes to making healthy meals, but there are several things at play. Thankfully, there are ways that we can shift our mindset around those things to make it uh, just less effort and more pleasurable. I love that. And I really love the fact that you kind of 
you discuss this multifaceted issue because I find it really interesting. Um, I ask every member that joins my Facebook group, um, ask you know my social media audience what their number one problem is, and they always say time. And I think that is a big part of it. But I think that in reality, that the brain space is even more of the problem, but that they're recognizing it as a lack of time, but maybe not always recognizing all of these negative thoughts that are making the process so unbearable. And let's face it, I mean, it is miserable when your kids don't eat what you cook. It's a huge investment of time and it's frustrating. So I really like that you kind of dug into all of those different issues with mealtime. And I'm excited to hear your ways of shifting our mindset and overcoming kind of that brain space problem. I mean, the time thing, as much as it might be a problem, that that for most of us is kind of set. Like we have our schedules, we have the things, we have a certain amount of time. But by fixing those other things, we are able to use that time that we do have more effectively. So I love that. Um, so jumping into making lifestyle changes, when someone is ready to make a life lifestyle change, you suggest that they find their big why. So can you outline how my listeners could go about finding their big why for making their own lifestyle changes? Yeah. So your big why is essentially your truest, deepest motivation behind wanting to do something. So in this case, let's say that we're wanting to cook healthy meals at home. So the first thing is you're just going to start out asking yourself, well, why do I want to cook healthy meals at home? And then just write down whatever comes up for you, whatever comes to mind. And then you're going to look at those answers that you have written down. And for each answer that you have written down, you're going to ask yourself, well, why is that important to me? And then you write down the answer to that question. Why is that important to me? And then you continue to ask, well, why is that important to me? Well, why is that important to me? Until you feel like you've really gotten to the root of it. And that that final answer is your truest, deepest reason for wanting to make changes. So you might start out with something like, well, I want to cook from scratch so I can save money and feed my family foods that will nourish our body. And then you're going to ask, well, why, why is saving money important? to me? Why is feeding my family foods that will nourish our bodies important to me? And you, you know, through asking, well, why is that important? End up with something like, I want us to have vibrant health and energy so we can help others engage in meaningful work and live a fulfilling life. And so you can see how the statement that you end up with is a lot more authentic. It's heartfelt. You've really come to the root of this desire to make this change versus just having it kind of be a surface level like, well, I just want to save money and I want to feed my family. Um, And the reason why figuring out that truest, deepest motivation is important is because it helps you to act with intentionality and purpose. So you may even go through this whole process and conclude that you actually don't care about eating healthy meals from scratch. And that is important also because then you can like let go of any guilt that you may feel over the fact that you're not cooking meals from scratch and you know and move on to other 
goals for yourself that actually resonate deeply with you. So I feel like it's a really important process either to uncover your true motivation or to discover that it's just something you feel like you should be doing, but that doesn't actually resonate deeply, in which case you can just move on and work on something that does resonate deeply. I love that. And I really love this idea. And I've, I've talked about this before that not everyone's goals, not everyone's mission, not everyone's definition of health is the same. And so if you are making these goals based on, you know, what that person on Instagram told you or something, not that that's, I mean, we're all on Instagram telling people our advice, but that, that might not be for you. And that's okay. Maybe your version of health includes one, two, three days of takeout a week, maybe, you know, and maybe that's where you need to look and that's, that's okay. Um, and I think it's really important to, to talk about emotional health as well, that, you know, this kind of goes into that all or nothing mentality that you talked about, that if cooking absolutely everything from scratch for you and your current situation is going to damage your mental health, mm-hmm. then you've got to find that balance of, you know, what's a goal that I can make that I can, where I'm cooking at home enough that I feel like I'm making progress towards my goals, but I'm also not, you know, completely miserable in my kitchen and in my life. So I love that. I love the idea of just really digging and deciding and accepting that if a goal is not for you, that's okay. And move on to the goals that, that do really resonate with you. So I really love that. I'm excited to dig into some of my own goals and kind of figure out, you know, whether or not my motivation is as noble, I guess, as I think it is. So, <laughs> um, okay. So after finding your big why, there's still obviously a lot of hurdles to overcome when it comes mm-hmm. to um, making meals at home. So another part of getting more comfortable in the kitchen Um, that you recommend is developing a mealtime mantra. So can you just tell me everything about mealtime mantras and why they work and how we can go about doing the same thing? So a mealtime mantra is basically just a go-to phrase that you can think when things get stressful around mealtime and you find that the dialogue running through your brain isn't helpful. So let's say it's dinner time, carpool just fell through, your kids are fighting, dinner is taking longer to cook than you had planned on, you're feeling super stressed, and your inner dialogue, like the thoughts that you're thinking are probably reinforcing the stress that you're feeling. So for me, what that looks like is my inner dialogue under those circumstances is like, I hate this so much. I'm so stressed out. I don't have time for this. This is the last thing I want to be doing right now. But if you can shift that dialogue, if you can change those thoughts to helpful thoughts instead, your stress levels will go down and the overall experience will have a much better outcome. So developing a mealtime mantra essentially allows you to anticipate and even dress rehearse scenarios where you might feel totally stressed out or overwhelmed getting a meal on the table. So when the scenario plays out in real life, you can repeat your mantra, you can disrupt the negative thought pattern, and you can help make the process of getting that meal on the table feel so much more doable. 
Because the reality is, is finishing the meal isn't going to take any more time than running out for takeout. Uh, It really is just learning to manage the stress in the moment. So thinking things like, I've got this. This is important to me. You'll feel so much better after eating a healthy meal. And my favorite, (laughs) don't think, just do, can help shift what feels like a really stressful experience into something that can potentially even be an empowering experience. Uh, Especially because once you start figuring out how to shift your thoughts from kind of this downward spiral of negativity that's reinforcing the stress that you're feeling to being able to repeat like positive, helpful thoughts instead, then you realize like, oh, this doesn't just have to work at mealtime. This can actually work in any given situation. So it can be really helpful in the moment, but also really empowering as you apply it to lots of areas of your life. Yes, I love that. And I love, first of all, that you kind of talked about the negative inner dialogue first, because anytime I've heard about mantras, I don't know why I just like something turns off in me that I'm like, oh, no, that's cheesy. Like, I'm not going to like... <laughs> Absolutely. But, but I really like the point that you made that it's like, you are already using mantras. They just are negative mantras. You know, if you're saying, I don't have time for this, I don't want to be doing this. Like, though, that's that's what you're yeah. choosing to tell yourself. So it's not, even if you're like me and you think, oh, that it's not, it's not cheesy. You're just in choosing to be intentional about the way that you think about mealtime. And like you said, about absolutely anything. Um, one other thing that I want to point out that this is just for me, that maybe other people have experienced this, that sometimes it can be really hard or painful to choose to, to use a mantra or to choose positive thoughts, because it feels good in a weird way to like, (laughs) to dwell in that negativity. But I mean, it's, it's just kind of like something to, to recognize that you absolutely can choose different thoughts and that it will be powerful. Even if you're, you're a little mad about it. You're like, (laughs) I want to be mad, but I know that it's not (laughs) helpful. It's not moving me forward. So much of the work that I do as a health coach is helping people get out of their own way and choosing to stay in that negative thought pattern when you know that you can choose more helpful thoughts when you have that tool to use if you want to you're essentially just getting in your own way. And so it's it's human nature. It's so common. We all do it. Uh, but it's just nice to know that you have options. Yep. Yep. And you can, even just recognizing that, that you, even if you want to, you can't, you don't have to, you can choose different. So I love that. And I do think that is so powerful. Like you said, in the kitchen at mealtime, but in any moment that you start to feel stress. And that's so important when looking at a complete lifestyle change, because what you do in the kitchen is just one small part of making lifestyle changes. So thank you for that. All right. So as we move on, let's face it, sometimes with all the mindset work, no matter what we do, we just, (laughs) we don't want to cook. So how do you recommend overcoming, you know, just that lack of motivation for doing it? Mealtime mantra is one way. Can you share some other ways to enjoy the process even when you don't feel like it? Yeah. So uh, 
Fun fact about me is that I have been married and cooking for my family for 21 years, and I have never liked meal planning, grocery shopping, or cooking ever. But I really love eating delicious from scratch food. And so for me, focusing on how much I'll love eating the meal and how good I'll feel after eating the meal is what motivates me to get the meal planning done and get myself to the grocery store um, and get the groceries unloaded from the car and put away, which forever, for whatever reason, is the part that I hate the most. Yeah. Um, and then the three things that really make such a big difference for me when I'm actually cooking are music, podcasts, and audiobooks. Um, if my kids are around and they're wanting to engage with me, then we'll put on good music. You can't like not be in at least a neutral mood, if not good mood, <laughs> listening to music that you really love. Uh, so that really helps me shift my energy around cooking, assuming that I'm willing to do that, right? And that I'm willing to shift my energy around cooking. Um, if the kids are not, you know, if they're not around, if they're okay with me not really engaging with them, I love listening to audiobooks and podcasts. And that is so helpful for me because it distracts my brain. It completely engages my brain in something so that I can't think unhelpful thoughts about the fact that I'm feeling salty over having to cook dinner again. Like I'm, you know, I've been doing this for 21 years. I'm so over this. Like instead it's like, okay, I'm going to turn on this audiobook that's, you know, really interesting and, and be completely engaged in that while I just go through the motions. Uh, and so that helps so much in terms of just getting through it um, and not really like thinking thoughts that are going to reinforce my lack of motivation. Um, and then my mealtime mantra really comes into play for me when, when there's a lot of stress around the situation, like when I'm stressed and I'm ready to throw in the towel. So I feel like... Um, just to kind of recap those things, like focusing on how I'm going to feel, how glad I'm going to be to be eating delicious food really helps me just engage in the process of meal planning and getting myself to the grocery store. Um, and then music, podcasts, and audiobooks are really how I make the actual cooking process tolerable. I love that. And I, I do something similar. I love to, I actually, I'm the weird one that I do enjoy the cooking process, but for me, it's like chores. I will like, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, I'll call my mom or call my sister so that I've got, you know, like 30 minutes and then it's done. And I don't remember that it's done. And I really like what you pointed out that by engaging your brain, you kind of are blocking, like you're blocking out all that negativity. You can't, I mean, it, you're focused on something else. So it, they can't move in there. And because cooking is kind of, I don't want to call it a mindless process, but I mean, it, it can be tedious at times. It's really a time that our thoughts can really get away from us if we let them. So I think that's really, really valuable stuff. So thanks for that. Okay. So I kind of want to get into a little bit more about health and wellness specifically. So change in general is it's hard. So I know that many of my listeners out there have health and wellness goals, but it's just so hard not to, you know, fall off the wagon. So how do you suggest that my listeners can stay the course? They can stick to their, remember their big why and not give up. Oh goodness. There are just so many ways in which we get in our own way, right? 
Yep. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to share one that I thought about because you use this phrase, fall off the wagon. Uh, and so I think our brains just naturally really love to fall into an all or nothing mindset. Uh, when really the mindset should be like some is better than none, right? So we talk about either being on the wagon or off the wagon. <laughs> it's like all or nothing. Um, but some is always better than none. And so, you know, if you, if you will bring it back to cooking, because that's kind of what we're focusing on on this podcast. But, you know, if you want to start cooking from scratch, but you don't have a ton of time, I think it's our natural inclination to like set a really ambitious goal. I'm going to start, I'm cooking from scratch two meals a week and I'm going to do six meals a week. And, you know, then you get really excited and you plan out all these meals that are also ambitious and it's going to be so amazing. And then you get completely overwhelmed and you quit and you're back to cooking from scratch two meals a week. Uh, instead, implement this idea of some is better than none. And then work to build up is you gain confidence and motivation. So just like cook one more meal a week than you're already doing. Or if we want to bring this to overall health and wellness, you know, if you're going to the gym two days a week, one day a week, three days a week, and you want to go more, add in, you know, extending the time that you're already at the gym or just going one more day. Like, you know, if you want to be eating higher quality foods, more whole foods, start with eating a whole foods snack, one snack, that's all whole or minimally, minimally processed foods. And when you're feeling really comfortable with that, when you're not having to think about it and put so much effort into it, then you build from there. So it's hard for us to be patient with that process of some is better than none because we want it all right now, right? We just want to be that person who goes to the gym five days a week. We want to be that person who eats whole foods all the time. We want to be that person who cooks from scratch six days a week. Um, but the reality is, is that it's a process. Like you have to be willing to be patient with the process of becoming a person who does those things because that's just who they are. And that process happens over time. And it happens typically in really small incremental steps. And the beauty of that is that those small steps typically can fit into the context of your busy life. And so it's, it's a process that you're so much more likely to be successful at because it's just small changes. So leaving behind this idea of being on or off the wagon, like you're either like all in or all out and adopting the idea that some, some change is better than no change at all is such a great starting point for really kind of reframing how we should be uh, setting health and wellness goals um, that are going to really uh, become lifelong habits instead of just something that we devote a lot of effort and energy into for a few hours or a few days or a few weeks um, and then give up because it's just not sustainable. And one thing that you said that I really love and want to point out again, point out again, is you said, as you gain skills and as you gain motivation, and I, I mean, success brings motivation, right? So if we set ourselves up for success, 
with this mindset of, you know, I'm just going to cook one more meal a week as we succeed at that. That's what will get us excited about continuing to do that. Where I think that feeling, that feeling of failure is what makes us want to quit. So when we just set realistic expectations, we get that excitement of, oh, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm succeeding at this goal. I'm making progress. I think I could, I think I could cook one more night, or I think I could go to the gym one more day. And I mean, you can see those slow changes start to build and, and not see it as failure. So I really love that. And I, I also agree. I kind of used that on the wagon phrase on purpose. I'm glad (laughs) you kind of dissected that a little bit. (laughs) Um, so thank you so much, Rebecca. Thank you for sharing your wealth of knowledge. Um, I love your mindset. I love this idea that as we kind of shift the way we think that all of these lifestyle changes can become easier and we can slowly become and find joy in the process of becoming. So um, if my audience were to take only one piece of advice from this episode on developing you know, a positive mealtime mentality and learning to find joy in cooking and in the kitchen, what would that piece of advice be? So I think probably the most impactful takeaway is to this idea that you always have the opportunity to shift your mindset in any situation by thinking helpful, constructive thoughts, by listening to good music, you know, by listening to a podcast or an audiobook. Um, you know, recognizing that you really have that power um, and that control is life-changing, not just in developing a positive mealtime mentality, but in every area of your life. Absolutely. All right. So as we close here, Rebecca and I have got an exciting collaboration that we've been working on to announce um, something that's been a long time in the making. So can you go ahead and share with my audience what we've been working on for the last few months and when and where they can get their hands on this when the yeah, time comes. Absolutely. I am so excited to finally be announcing this. It really has been a long time. So we have been, Sarah and I and Amanda have been working on this brilliant ebook. It's called Feeding Your Family. And it is a comprehensive guide to cooking from scratch food in the least stressful and most efficient way possible. So we cover the basics of why cooking from scratch is important, uh, how to navigate all the conflicting, confusing information about food and nutrition, how to help your kids be more open to eating new foods, how to shift your own mindset around mealtime and work through mental roadblocks. And we walk you through Amanda's genius meal planning strategy that's going to help you work smarter and not harder as you uh, work to get from scratch meals um, on the table for your family. It is so good. And I think, I I mean, Amanda, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like it's safe to say that we're all pretty excited about it. Oh, we're so excited. And I I do want to point out too, that this is the first time that I have, you know, like actually put this entire process out in a way to be able to replicate. And also that um, I, I am a dietitian, but I have chosen the path of sticking to more the practical side of things. So I will probably not ever be sharing this, you know, nutrition and health information in the same way. So this collaboration is really important for those of you moms who 
are interested in um, making both health and lifestyle changes and starting to cook more. So it's really kind of targeted towards you who are looking to make healthier, um, sustainable choices in your home. And, And there really isn't going to be anything else like this in the future. So this is, this yeah, is it, this what is you're it. looking for from us. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's going to be available on the shift for health website. So it's just www.shiftforhealth.com. And again, it's called feeding your family. Yep. And we will, um, I will put the link to that in the show notes. So you're able to get it. I will both be, you know, chatting about that on Instagram. You can find, um, Rebecca and Sarah, they alternate weeks at shift for health. Is that right? Yep, uh-huh, right on Instagram. Yeah. Still for health on Instagram. Um, yeah. And we'll be doing lots of promotions when it comes out. And we're so excited to share this with the world. So thanks so much, Rebecca, for being here. I think we kind of already answered this, but where can my audience go if they want more from you? Um, and do you, can you tell us a little bit more? You've mentioned that you do some one-on-one coaching. Can you tell us about all of your services so that if my audience is interested? Yeah, so we're always booking one-on-one coaching clients. And our one-on-one coaching clients, it's like a wide variety of health and wellness. So we can look at weight loss. We can look at um, people who are under chronic stress, who need to develop some stress management techniques. Um people who just are really low energy and wanting to make lifestyle changes to just feel better in their bodies. Uh, And also we support people who have a diagnosis, um, who need to make changes like diabetes, heart disease, or who are just struggling through chronic illness. So our one-on-one coaching is very individualized. There's a wide variety of things that we help people with. Um, And then we have group programming that focuses on weight loss. We have group programming that focuses on goal setting and accountability. Um, and then we have this ebook that we have just launched with more that are in the pipeline. So we'll be offering more ebooks in the near future, which is also really exciting. And again, um, you can check out all of our products and services on our website, which is just shiftforhealth.com. I love that. And, and just one more plug for this ebook. I think it would be a really great way for you to get to know both Rebecca and Sarah and I, if you want to move forward with any kind of, you know, one-on-one coaching, um, I've got a program coming out probably in January as well. So if you just want to dip your toes in and see in an affordable way, you know, like, is this for me? This would be a great way to get started, start on some changes, and then you'll kind of have an idea of, whether or not you'd want to move forward with some of these other programs and offers. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much again for being here, Rebecca. We had a great time. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. There you have it. So if you want to get your hands on this ebook, the link to that is in the show notes, or you can go to shiftforhealth.com backslash feeding dash your dash family. Again, that link will be directly in the show notes. So you can just click on it and head over podcast listeners. This will officially be launched early next week, but as an early bird special, you can head over and get it right now. And you can also use the code podcast 10 for $10 off of that ebook. Like I said, we've put a lot of thought and time into this and really think that it will be a valuable resource for you and a great way for you to get to know us better. So 
One more time, that's shiftforhealth.com slash feeding dash your dash family for the Feeding Your Family ebook. All right, friends. Next week, we're talking Thanksgiving, one of my favorite topics. We're going to learn about four different ways you can free up your oven by cooking your turkey somewhere else so that you have that oven free all day to do all your side dishes while your turkey is cooking somewhere else. This can be really, really helpful and hopefully it helps you see how you can make this big meal actually happen. So thanks for listening, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful every week for all of the podcast downloads, shares, comments, everything that you guys share with me. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends, leave me a review. And with that, I hope you'll tune in next week. And until then, happy planning.